Are you ready for the word tonight? Amen. Mark chapter 9. I'm talking tonight about reaching results. I want to tell you that, as I said Sunday, I'm not satisfied with last year. I want to reach a new level in God. I want to go to a place that I've never been. And in order to go to a place I've never been in God, I have to do some things I've never done. You cannot keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. If you are not producing results, everybody say results. If your life is not producing results when it comes to your spirituality, we need to fix that. We need to continue to stay in the word. You need to hear my bald head itself say it every single time we come to church until we all get it. Because we want to grow in the thing. The, 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 the glimpse, and I'm telling you, it's just a glimpse of God's presence that's here tonight. Just, a, just a, a little shimmer of God's presence. There is so much depth to God that, that if you ever get a taste of that place in God, nothing else satisfies you. And what I'm, what I'm talking tonight in the book of Mark is, is about results. I'm going to read a passage of scripture it may shock you, it may make you laugh, it may make you scared. I don't know what it's going to make you do, but hopefully it makes you change. Say amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, talking about Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. And immediately, verse 15, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him, talking about Jesus. And Jesus asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one in the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. He could not speak. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Oh, Lord, underline that part right there. Verse 19 says, and he answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I babysit you? I mean, bear you. Bring the baby to me. And then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed in him and he fell to the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth and he asked the father how long has this been happening to this boy and the father responded from his childhood and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the river to kill him to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us and Jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes Immediately the father of the child cried out with his tears and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Amen. Mm, help my unbelief, God. In verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit. And he said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and he came out and he became as one was dead. And so many said, oh, he must have died. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he got up. Everybody say, he got up. Yeah. I'm, I'm in and out of the Cliff Alations version here. Amen. But look what verse 28 says. And when he had come to the house, the disciples asked him privately. 
Why could we not cast it out? Why? How did, how did you produce results? And we couldn't produce results. And he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Demon possession is real. If you haven't heard a preacher say that in years, stop going to them dead churches where they try to tell you that everything's just going to be okay and everything's just perfect and if you just, you just, just float along in life, then everything's just going to be... No, I want to tell you we have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you are. He doesn't just want you. He wants your kids. He wants your dreams. He wants your goals. He wants your business. He wants your marriage. He wants your joy. He wants your peace. He wants your sleep at night. And for some of you, he's getting all of of those things because the enemy doesn't just come to take a little he comes to take a lot until he can kill you he will steal from you he will destroy from you he will attack you and just like in this passage of scripture he spares no one because of their aid from this boy's childhood the enemy wanted to steal his life now, uh, let me give you a disclaimer. On Wednesday nights, we talk really real. On Sundays, we talk real, but on Wednesday nights, we get our toes stepped on. Amen. So if you can't handle that kind of preaching, just buckle up or get somebody to hold you. You know, I mean, I mean just, just something. If you are not seeing the enemy trying to take your life or not seeing spiritual warfare in your life, I would challenge that maybe you're on the same team as him. Wait, I told you already, didn't I? Wear your, wear your PPE shoes here to, to church because if you aren't seeing the enemy trying to shut your mouth, confuse your life, destroy your marriage, destroy your business, steal your money, take your joy, rob your kids of their innocence, if the enemy is not after you, I would challenge that he knows you're on the same team as him. I believe that spiritual warfare and the enemy wants to destroy and kill the body of Christ. And, and I know this to be a, a case because we've seen it in the Bible and we see it in our... If you turn on any newscast today, you will see the enemy at work. If you listen to any form of radio, and, and some would even say Christian music is safe, but if you're listening to some Christian music, it'll let, the devil is working in the Christian music field just like he's working in the secular music field. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you think. Now, you got to pay attention to what Christian music you're listening to because some Christian artists are just singing what's popular and what sounds good and we just love everybody and everything's just okay and we don't know that our faith is being compromised right through the gate of our ears demon possession is real this is real so I, I uh, somebody said well pastor cliff i didn't sign up for all that if you are a child of god you have a real adversary you have a real enemy, and that enemy wants to destroy. The day you said yes to Jesus, a target got put on your back. The enemy, well, Pastor Cliff, I'm just a Christian, and I don't, I don't get into all that spooky stuff and all that stuff. If you're, not, if you're not seeing that pressure, if you're not feeling that pressure, I might challenge that you're not a Christian. Because the enemy is not going to work, work against somebody that's working with him. 
But it's not enough to just be a Christian these days. Are you a Christian that produces results? Do you have fruit that resembles the root of Jesse that's on the inside of you? Does your life, I'm talking, you're talking and you're living and you're loving and you're, the way you do business with other people. And the way you interact with people who, who you think cannot do anything for you. The way you talk to waiters and waitresses. I'm going to preach. Can I buckle it? Can I come closer? I'm going to preach real good. The way you talk to people who you think cannot add anything to your life. The fruit of the Spirit is being nice to waiters in a restaurant too. The fruit of the Spirit is not looking at people who, who are a different color than you or a different side of town than you and thinking you're better. The fruit of the Spirit causes change on the inside of a believer and makes them look and sound like what they say they are. You're not just a Christian on Sunday and if if you are, I really encourage you in this new year to change that. You don't just come in here and say amen and shout and dance. You're supposed to shout and dance and say amen and speak truth and love on people in the middle of H-E-B if God leads you to do that. Are you a Christian? But are you a Christian that produces results? See, Jesus in this passage of Scripture said results. Results. Come with power. This passage of scripture, the, the disciples, they snuck up, snuck up to him because it was really embarrassing that Jesus' staff had an opportunity to cast out a devil. And the Bible says, we brought, the, 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 the dad said, I brought him to your staff, but they couldn't do nothing with him. I wonder how many times people bring things to us but because we are powerless, we cannot do anything for them. Jesus compared fasting and prayer to something that produces power on the inside of a believer. Everybody say power. power. This year, if you're going to pray for anything, you ought to not pray for more money. Nothing wrong with more money. Amen. Well, Y'all missed a great place to say amen. You ought to pray for more power. Because if you really tap into power, money will never be an issue. If you really tap into power, friends will never be an issue. If you really tap into the power that God has given to the believer, to the body of Christ, you'll never have business-related issues. Or you at least won't fall victim to them because you have something. And Jesus said, there are some things that come with an extra level of power. So my question is not just, are you a Christian, but are you a powerful Christian? They say there's Christians all over this town. But I want to know how many Christians are producing results. I want to know if there are any Christians here tonight who want to see their life produce results this year. Not just wear the WWJD sticker or the latest Hope Alive merch shirt. Nothing wrong with that. But I want to know if there are any Christians who when they pray, things happen when they pray. I want to know if there are any Christians who want to become the type of believer that when someone brings someone or, or you find out somebody in your family is sick, you don't have to call the pastor. You don't have to call the prayer team. You call on the healer. His name is Jesus. And you pray for them yourself. 
I want to know if there are any Christians who when the enemy tries to torment your children in their beds at night, you walk into their room and you take spiritual authority over darkness, over principality, over demonic uh, oppression and attack. And you say for your own house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This house is a house of the spirit. This house is a house that is protected by angels. This house, when I pray... I want things to happen. I'm tired of praying and nothing happens. Have you ever prayed and you felt like nothing was happening? Have you ever prayed and immediately it, it almost felt like the enemy was <laughs> laughing because you had the audacity to try? This demon-possessed boy was foaming and flopping around and, and foaming at the mouth and, and going crazy and, and he had gathered a crowd. Mm, the enemy doesn't want to just torment you. He wants the world to see him torment you. He don't want to just cause you to fail in private where nobody can see. He will stand you up, put the lights on you, and let everybody watch you fall. The enemy had gathered a crowd around this boy, and they were all standing around, and, 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 and just all looking at this, this situation. And, and those that had the, had the title disciple walked up and attempted to pray, attempted to produce results, attempted to believe for God to free him. But the Bible says they could not do it. Why? Why could the disciples who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, who sat with Jesus, who came to church every time the doors were open, who wore the latest merch shirt, who did all the Christian things they were supposed to, why could they not produce results? My question to you tonight is how long will the body of Christ settle for a life that produces no results? This passage of scripture is eye-opening to me, and it's eye-opening to me in the fact that here we have Matthew, and here we have Peter, and here we have all these disciples, all these people who were called, who, whose shadows overcast the lame, and they got up and walked, who went on to, to, to preach the day of Pentecost, so much potential inside, but they could not cast out one devil. Let me tell you something here tonight. For those of you that think that the enemy, casting out the enemy is some other person's job, I want to tell you, you're going to have to dig in and understand that one day it's going to knock on your door and you have to be able to cast out the devil yourself. I wonder if the disciples said as long as we're with Jesus and as long as he's somewhere in the neighborhood, then we're going to be okay not putting in the work in prayer, not putting in the fasting, not putting in the real work that it takes to dig in deep and cause change. Because Jesus is always just, I wonder if we think we can always just call the pastor, call somebody who's been a Christian longer than us. I wonder if we can just say, Jesus, just come and fix it and still be comfortable being a powerless disciple. I want to tell you tonight, don't you dare become a powerless disciple. Don't you dare, don't you dare submit your life and settle in your life for you to be powerless. I wrote this down for you to see it. Don't you dare do it. Being a powerless disciple is a cheap settle for what Christ, the power that Christ came to the cross, died a bloody death, rose on the third day for you to just settle for being a powerless disciple. 
uh, I'm, I'm going to offend nine, nine of you right now really quick. Uh, go to another church and be powerless. Because I want to go to church and I want to be a part of a family of believers that when we pray for cancer, cancer runs for cover. part of a family of believers that when we pray for God to restore our city or God to restore our nation I don't care what any other church is doing I want God to say I don't know what they're all doing but what I do here is the prayer of Hope Alive Church tonight on Wednesday night I'm gonna move because they have the faith we have settled for powerless we have become content we have allowed the stagnancy of our souls to stink so bad we call it good now. And we have become powerless. We walk with Jesus. We look with Jesus. We talk like Jesus. But the devil doesn't run from us. Does the devil, does hell, does, does the adversary know who you are or when you pray, does he laugh at you from the other side? It's a question for you to ask. It's a question for you to, to see because as believers, I wrote this down, as believers, the level of power we are wanting to achieve is directly connected to the level of commitment we are willing to make. We will not achieve power if we don't buckle down and dig into commitment. When we really want something, we commit to it. When we really want to do something, we commit to it. We don't mind uh, uh, canceling other things to get to it. But when it comes to the things of God, we think we can just settle and God's just going to be our superhero rescue guy that flies from. And praise God, he is a savior. But there are some things he wants to give you the power to do. If you don't pray, you won't have power. I'm going to say this again. No prayer, no power. No sacrifice, there is no glory. Unless it costs you, you will not reap the benefit. If there is no spiritual deposit daily, you can't settle for Sunday to Sunday. That's like living paycheck to paycheck. It's just giving you just enough to get it. I want you to pursue God as heavy tomorrow as you pursued him here tonight. This is not supposed to be the highlight of your spiritual encounter with God. This is supposed to, for us to go to a place together that we simply cannot go by ourselves. But when real power comes is when somebody gets in their prayer closet and they say, God, I'm going to stay in this room until you deliver me, God. I'm going to stay in this room until these thoughts break over my... I'm going to stay pursuing you until something changes. Where are the prayer warriors that want to pray? and see results you ought to praise God for that right there you ought to praise God for the power that he has given the body of Christ if there is no spiritual deposit there is no spiritual wealth we are trying to withdraw on Sunday what we bankrupted on Monday and our spiritual accounts are overdrawn and overdrafted and deficit because we want to keep drawing from God, but we don't want to deposit. Mm, that was good. He said, these things, some things only come out with prayer and fasting. 
Fasting is a trendy topic this time of year. You've probably seen people talking about fasting and, 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 and you know, all the resolutions. And for some reason, we, we turned fasting in a way to lose weight for Jesus. I don't know what we were thinking when we turned fasting into a spiritual diet just a diet that we could lose weight and for some reason give God glory. But fasting comes from eating. Not just eating physical things, but eating on the things of God deeper and stronger and more precise. And tonight, I, I, I just want to take a few minutes and I want to remind you that if you are going to have results, you're going to have to have a prayer life and a fasting life that exceeds a 21-day period on the first few weeks of the year or exceeds the times just when you're in the middle of a crisis all of a sudden now you want to fast and now you want to pray and thank God He hears us and thank God He's gracious but the real results come to people who do the work. Are you willing to do the work? I want to ask this church tonight, has the enemy convinced you that you're not worth doing the work? Has the enemy tried to, to, to tell you that it's okay that you don't do the work? What is it that has, that has raised up in your heart and mind and made you think like you didn't need to do the work tonight? I feel like if you are going to see results this year, you're going to have to do the work. And you're going to have to do the work that it takes and do it consistently. I'm not often impressed by starting lines. Everybody starts. I am blessed to see finish lines, though. I sometimes will have an event, and, and those of you that know, you know because I tell you, I tell them, thank you for being finishers. Because everybody starts, but not everybody finishes. In fact, everybody starts, but people look for opportunities to get out from being a finisher. They look for excuses. They look for anything they can to stop being a finisher. Uh, you may be starting a diet, and, and, and all of a sudden something's going to try to rise up and say, well, I'll just start again some other time. Because the enemy wants to stop us from making progress and seeing results. Tonight I want to tell you that if you're going to see results, it's going to cost you. If you want to energize your spiritual life, if you want to overcome sin that has you in bondage, if you want to grow in union with God, I want to tell you tonight, I want you to see this, you need to consistently take up the holy weapon of prayer and fasting. This is a weapon that is given to us to cause the enemy to run from us. This is a weapon that is given to us. Look at this. I put it up there. This is a weapon that is given to us prayer and fasting for us to be empowered in the things of God. I promise it's coming. There it is. <laughs> if you're going to break sin, you cannot do it on your own. You need to pray and you need to fast. If you're going to restore relationships, you cannot do it on your own. You're the one that broke it. You participated in breaking it. Maybe it's not all your fault, but you're a team player. But if you're going to change the results and change the outcome of things going on in your life, I'm telling Hope Alive Church, you better be praying and you better be fasting. You better be digging in and investing into your spiritual life and not just waiting on Pastor Cliff or Pastor Martha 
or somebody to spoon feed your spirit man to life. It's not enough to get spoon fed on Sunday. You won't make it. Are you hearing me tonight? When you fast, Jesus said, when you fast, do not, not if you fast. Matthew chapter 6 says this, when you fast. Everybody say, when you fast. Not if you fast, not if you decide to fast, not if Jensen says to fast, but if, when you fast. When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance on their face. For they disfigure their face that they may appear to men to be fasting. And surely I say, they have their reward. But when you fast, everybody say when. when. Anoint your head and wash your face so that you, not do, you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Prayer and fasting. Tonight I'm calling this church to prayer and fasting. I'm calling you to whatever you did last year, produce the results you ended with. If you want more this year, as the pastor of this church, I'm calling you to deeper places of prayer. I'm calling you to a place of fasting. Traditionally, fasting just means you don't eat. I'm not just talking about not eating. There's some people who got the victory over their eating, but they can't control their, their phone usage. There's some people who got the victory over their eating, but they can't keep the television turned off. Something you have, we have to become more powerful as believers. And if we're going to run the enemy off, Jesus said some things come through just prayer and fast. Did you notice Jesus didn't say, you use my name right here? Oh, just, just use my name and the demons will run. Thank God demons run at Jesus' name. But he said there are some things that have to happen through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is a transformative spiritual dis discipline that is biblically present. It is Jesus modeled. It is God attended and it is spirit inspired. I may, I may have this wrong and I'm, I'll be glad to stand up and, and correct myself if I do. But I can't tell you exactly what you need to fast. But you know. The spirit inspires you what you need to fast. I think fasting food is important. I think fasting television. But some people have an idol that, that, that comes with, with your hobby. What is it? If you're going to see results this year, it's going to cost you something. If you're going to see your life transformed this year, there has to be something that dies on the altar. What is that going to be? What is that going to be? When God's people practice fasting, Results took place. In fact, God gave fasting in, in, in many aspects to many different people uh, because fasting is biblical. Don't just say amen to what I'm saying. Understand that fasting was biblical. It was something that Jesus modeled, and it was something that Jesus gave. And there's biblical reasons to fast. Look at these biblical reasons that we put up there. Fasting strengthens prayer inside of us. Ooh, take your phone out quickly. Fasting uh, teaches us to seek God's guidance, not man's guide. If you're going to your best friend for answers and not going to God for answers, you need to get to a place where God's the only voice you want to hear. God gives us fasting to help us see deliverance and protection. God gives us fasting when we're in faith or expectation. God gives us fasting to remind ourselves we need a king. We are not the king. We need a king. 
Fasting expresses repentance. Look at this. Fasting is a biblical antidote to grief. Are you grieving a broken friendship? Are you grieving a lost loved one? Are you grieving a lost job? Fasting gives us instructions on how to get through seasons of grief. Here we are suffering through things that God gave us the power over. I'm tired of suffering through things that God gave us the power over. I'm tired of seeing Christians suffer through things that God gave us the power over. We can't control our flesh. We can't control our minds. Fasting helps us with that. Everybody say fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer restores your intimacy with God. This year, if you're going to see God do more in your life, you're going to have to have a better seat. You're going to have to have a front row seat. And to get a front row seat through the things of God, you have to grow closer to him. That closeness does not just happen overnight or just because you call yourself a Christian or you go to the right church. That proximity takes place, takes place when a child of God decides to put their wants and their needs and their desires on the back burner and pull in closer to the Lord. I don't want to be a seasonal Christian anymore. I only say hallelujah when things are bad, but when things are good, I, I disappear from God. Oh, Holy Spirit, work right now, right now, because we've all been there. Oh, we say, God, we need you. We want to grow closer to you, God. Please, please, if you will just fix it, I promise I will do everything right. And then when he does it out of his grace and mercy, you hightail it. And he doesn't see. I'm tired of tre people treating God like that. Heck, I'm tired of me treating God like that. We've all done it. If you want to grow in this new year in proximity with God, you have to adapt to some level of fasting, not just the uh, in prayer, not just the first few weeks of prayer being open here at the church, but will you make a commitment to change your life through fasting and prayer? Let me give you an example. The Lord gave me some instructions to fast this year, and he gave me some instructions to fast something every single week of this year. I... I, I am learning that I can fast a period of time something. If I set my mind to it, eight days, 10 days, 21 days, that's nothing anymore. Because I've just determined at the end of that time, I'm just going to go back to the way things were before. And the Lord convicted me and said, I want you to dedicate one day a week for the rest of your life. Will you endure change Will you do, endure a change that produces power? And, and, and I'm not telling you that to make me look good or you feel bad or anything like that. I'm telling you that so that when you see things, miracles happen in my life, you don't think that I'm lucky or that I'm just a, I just got all the good stuff lined up or it's just because I, no, it's because I gave something over. It's because people give something over to God and they keep it that way. I want you to say that, keep it that way. Develop a, develop a habit that, that, that strengthens you and that empowers you and that humbles you and that, that allows you to block out the things of this world. I'm closing with this. If you're going to feast in this life, if you're going to enjoy the blessings and the benefits and the overflow that God does want you to experience here in this life, it'll come through fasting and prayer. 
If you want to grow your relationship with God to a new depth, to a new height, to a new width, to a new level that you have never experienced it, it will only come through fasting and prayer. This is biblical. This is the biblical instructions to our growth. Let me give you some ways you can fast. You can fast food. You can fast food for it a period of time. Matthew chapter 4, two, verse 2 talks about that. But you can fast a, a, a Daniel fast, a liquid fast, a partial fast. The Jewish tradition, which is, which is something that we, we see a lot happening in the Bible, is they would fast from sunup to sundown. They would fast from dawn to dusk. They would fast, and they could fast for 40, 60 days or however long it was that God told them to do that because that's how they fast. There are ways that there's absolute fasts. I know people who have fasted completely on anything but just, just water. It's dangerous. But if God calls you to it, he'll, he'll, he'll see you through it. I'm, y'all could call me crazy if you want to, but that's That's biblical. I'm telling you this because I believe for us to see what God wants us to see in this new year, it'll come through sacrifice and it'll come through cost. So my question to you tonight is, are you satisfied with your results? Or do you want to see more? If you want to see more tonight, don't pray, God, show me the way. God, show me the way. Tonight, he showed you the way. I preached this message a few months ago because God had uh, instructed me to do it then. But, but I felt very heavy today to, to remind the church that this is not something that is just seasonal. This is not something just because it's the first of the year that everybody should do. Be careful just doing things when everybody else is doing things. And learn to tune in to something that can change your life. Are there results? Close your eyes for just a minute and look at the results. What are the results? Are you one of these disciples who the enemy can just keep doing what he wants to right in front of your presence? Are you one of these disciples? I mean, it blows me away that here are the people that came to church every time the doors were open. Here are the people that saw Jesus do many mighty things and they could not produce results. Tonight, in a heart of love, in a heart of awareness, in what I think my job as a shepherd is, is to lead and to guide and to direct us into a place where our life is fruitful. Where when we pray, we don't have to automatically come up with an excuse why God won't do it. But we stand in faith and stand in power and stand in strength because we know God is going to do what he said he would. Tonight I'm asking for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to work in you. And, 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 and here he comes with a flashlight looking into the dark places of your heart and soul and looking for areas that have hidden things that are truly controlling you. And I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to illuminate those things right now. Yeah, there it is. Oh, there it is. Maybe it's not food. Maybe, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's some relationships that you need to be done with. Maybe it's some conversation topics. Maybe you keep revisiting the past. No wonder you can never get to the future. Your eyes are set in the past. My goodness, will you let, what will you be willing to let go of 
so that you can live a life that produces results. Lord, I want your power. Mm, take 60 seconds and I want you to just slip your hands up and I want you to pray that prayer. Lord, I want your power. And I, God, I will do anything it takes. Whatever you show me, there you go. Whatever, whatever it takes, I want, I want the power to be what you've called me to be. And Lord, with that power, this power, Lord, I know comes sacrifice. It comes with me laying something down right there right there when you know that what that area is in your life I want you to just stand on your feet when you're willing to stand up in the presence of God and say yes count me in I'll do what it takes I'll do what it takes to dig in deeper this year I'll lay some things down I'm standing up as a sign of participation in your presence I I God do not care about my agenda anymore I only care about what you want from me right now I'm willing to lay it your sign your standing up is a sign of yes yes i'll do it i'll stand this is my promise to you tonight i will dig in and i will stand strong and i will work into a place where when i call on you god and when i believe you at your word god the enemy has to run from me